It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. I'm an extremely stable genius. Uh, well, I was going to uh, say, uh, finally, a subject we can agree on, except it's not that. It's not that. But it is politics. It is. Politics uh, and dating. How do we... Where? How do we get here? I don't know. It's, how do we get out of it? Uh, boy, really, it's terrible, and it, it's not just dating. No, it it, it kind of permeates every aspect of our life. Everywhere, days, our friends, family. Uh, yes, yeah, our tennis associates. <laughs> we, yep, we can't escape it, and it's just part of us. But, but I, I I love this episode. It's painful, but I love it. And what does it have to do with dating? Because people, I, I, I think people are just struggling to date and find love in this climate, in this political climate. I don't know how you do it. I don't. So you have to cast a wide net. And sometimes this net is going to attract people that are not of your political persuasion. Yeah. And you have to be open to that. Yeah. If you like the person. So we are going to talk about this today because... Because is it's there, front and center of our lives. Is there a proper time when politics should be brought up into a new relationship? N- new relate? How about just meeting someone for the first second of hello, hi, my name is, and I am, and I voted for. Did blank. you vote? Who did you vote for Trump? And who did you vote for? I'm out of here. No, so that's kind very popular. It could, that's it what's could sort be of that happening. way. We know that. I mean. We were just saying today, uh, because a full brawl broke out on my Facebook page, I, I posted something about the recent, the, the mass shootings and how I sort of put the blame at our president's feet. I think he is a little complicit. I think his rhetoric is not helping. I think it's really corrosive in any way. Long story short, literally a, like a, bra- a cyber brawl broke out and... This is like life imitating art right now. Art. Oh yeah, yeah. It's art imitate life. Art imitating life. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, Facebook is just a terrible venue to express political opinions because you're going to get flamed by people that are your friends, your Facebook friends, and other people if it's public. And I think uh, there was a, a saying say, that was. Uh, People's attitudes have never changed because of a Facebook post. And it's just true. You will never get somebody to see your side who does not already see your side. Can you make them see another perspective? I I don't think so. Are you telling me that people are that immovable? I think the the forum that Facebook has become is, is more of a us versus them, whatever that is. And you, it's just not something that you can uh, hope to change. I think y- people do it as a, you're doing it as your own mouthpiece. You want people to know what you're feeling. Yeah, because I was, this. I'm disgusted. We all are. I really am. I am, and I feel very uh, disheartened. I'm just so, I'm, I don't want to feel hopeless, but I'm starting to just get this terrible sinking don't, feeling. I, I understand that. I mean, I'm that. not just starting. I've no. had it. But, but... Can you imagine trying to date right now? Well, and by the way, I have dated Republicans. The horror. It was a whole different party back then. Well, yes and no. I mean, I remember when George Bush Jr. was president, and there was a lot of vitriol going on about him and yeah, his but... ignorance and perceived uh, inability to really have the intelligence for the gig. But it's ratcheted well, you, up to another level. You wouldn't kick someone out of bed because. She was a Bush voter. <laughs> Get the fuck out right now. Vote for Bush. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I would. I voted for Bush to get her into bed. You b- vote so, for Bush but, you know, every night. I do. So, okay, but it is. It's a different time. And it is. And our poli- I don't know about no. I'm going to say ours because we speak the same language here. 
our politics are our values. And our values are our politics. How can you separate them out? How can you be attracted to someone who doesn't share your values slash politics? Carrie? Right. It's uh, not an easy subject to tackle. No, but guess what? We're tackling it. We're going for it. Yeah, head first. And we brought on the heavy hitters to help us out here. We have got some heavy hitters. Otherwise, we're just going to sit in a, like a bubble at its echo chamber, and we need some help here. Let's get We need get some it. professional help. Bring on our guests. We've got great guests. I'm going to introduce her as if I am speaking, because because her bio is written first person, so I'm going to, I'm going to read Jeannie Safer's bio as if I'm her, okay? Go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> I, thanks, Jeannie. I am a liberal Democrat and a psychoanalyst, married for 39 years to a conservative Republican who is the senior editor of the National Review, Whoa. the leading conservative journal of opinion. It took, <laughs> it took us years. <laughs> it took us it's years, right? <laughs> me especially, to figure out how to deal with our passionate political differences. What made this possible is hard work and the fact that we agree on virtually everything else but politics. In my new book, I Love You But I Hate Your Politics, I interviewed 50 people who are struggling to work out relationships with political opponents whom they love. Based on my long personal and professional experience, I help them figure out what to do and say, and just as important, what not to do and say. It's really about the nature of love and what really matters in intimacy. It's what I call showing up, not how you vote. Wow. Good luck with I couldn't that. agree more, Trevor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's almost as if you wrote it yourself, Jeannie. I am channeling you. So, so Jeannie, welcome, Jeannie Safer. And I'm I think to be with you and oh. okay, okay. Official welcome to Dunbean right. Single. So, okay. but and Jeannie's husband Rick Brookheiser. Oh. Rick Brookheiser. Rick Brookheiser. Rick Brookheiser. Welcome, well, Rick. This is what a treat. So you heard our opening. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are that the notion that politics is our core value is wrong. It can be part of our values, but don't you know lots of people? who agree with you politically that you can't stand or you who wouldn't show up for you if you needed them. This is something that doesn't happen anymore. We don't think about this because politics has taken over from religion. Mm -hmm. And now yes. if you have different politics, you don't know anybody who disagrees with you. I'm very fortunate that I know an awful lot of people who disagree with me, but who are good friends to me. That is true. You know, one of, one of the most important things in, in our relationship that made it work is how we met. We met in a very weird way. Rick, you want to say? Uh, we met in a singing group, a Renaissance singing group, Renaissance religious music that sings it on the streets of New York oh, for I free. That. I love this. Um, so it was uh, a non-political forum. And uh, I, Jeannie was already in the group. I joined. Um, she noticed that I was a good-looking baritone. <laughs> And uh, she said, oh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a writer. And she thought, oh, that's good. That's pretty good. She yeah. said, who do you write for? And I said, National Review, William F. Buckley's magazine. Wow. And she turned And white. I thought, all right, well, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, in my world, I, I had an entirely liberal world at that point. And the, the notion that somebody was a conservative and, uh, you know, had beautiful blue eyes and great cheekbones and a wonderful baritone voice just never went together for me. But um, how long did it take before we started going out? Maybe six months? Yeah. Six yeah. months. Uh, something like that. And the problem was that I had already known at that point, I'm, I'm eight years older than Rick, so he was a child groom. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> At, at that point, I'd known quite a few men who agreed with me totally politically, but who didn't treat me well. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of experience that helped me very much overlook things that were different from me. And to say, this is a man who's really unusual. He's smart. He's good looking. He's tender. What's the matter with him? What's the matter? <laughs> Was this an issue early on that you were we able to... We this immediately. I mean... Go ahead. Well, we, you know, we had to work out the rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, one one thing we discovered early on is that you can talk about politics in different ways. There, there are head-to-head -head ways of talking about it, which are bruising, but then there are less confrontational ways. You, you can talk about it as observers. 
you know, as if you're commenting uh, on a sporting event. You can say, oh, that, that was a bad play for your side, or my side uh, really messed up that exchange. And so that kind of takes the uh, tension out of it. But you have to learn these things. And I have to say that I was the one who was the worst offender for the longest time. And that's because I change people's minds for a living. And of course I assumed that I could change my husband's mind. He was a smart guy. He would listen to reason, right? <laughs> right. But you couldn't. But I couldn't. And it took me quite a while to really accept that his ideas were his ideas. And the fact that I thought some of them were anathema was not gonna make any difference. And since I loved him and I wanted a life with him, I would have to figure something out. And I think it deepened my own convictions. It made me think about what I thought about because when you're always with people who you agree with, you don't have to think so much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been the best thing that ever happened to me or I can imagine ever happening to anybody to marry somebody like my husband. And I love this. Rick, did you try to change Jeannie at all? No, I didn't. And, you know, partly because my experience pre-Jeannie, I'd gone to an Ivy League school. It was a very liberal environment. You know, so I knew the world was, was full of people who disagree with me, and a lot of them were going to be my friends. I'd had um, girlfriends on the left, so I'd been there and done that before. Okay. It was weirder for me. It was weirder for me. I don't, I don't think I knew anybody who wasn't liberal mm -hmm. most of my life, other than my father, who was an Eisenhower Republican. But he was liberal on social issues, which Rick is not. No. So it, it takes... It takes work, but doesn't every marriage take work? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I yes, and we are a lot of work. We are newlyweds. And, you know, always, there always are going to be Robert. There are always going to be issues that you disagree passionately about, even if you have identical politics. This is what people don't realize because we're different people. You know, politics is not the only thing in life, and I think we're coming. It's, it's really unfortunate that now people don't ever meet anybody who has different politics. So then they never find this out. And so we're, we really lucked out. We got married in 1980. Oh, okay, wow. All right, well, we have to go to our first break, but okay. there is so much here and we are just getting started. So we're we, we gonna be right back with more from Jeannie and Rick right after this. And we are back. I have a question for you guys. You are on different sides of the aisle politically, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. And are you on uh, different sides of the aisle religiously, too? Yes. Yes, I mean, more or less. I mean, I was raised Jewish, Rick was raised Methodist, but we're, we're not particularly religious. So that hasn't really been an issue. And we also are childless by choice, mm -hmm. which leaves out some problems. <laughs> right. Okay. We don't have kids either, but we were too old by the time we got around to well, we made, it, we made a choice of it. I wrote a book about it, actually, called Beyond Motherhood. It's my first book. I made that same choice. I did not want kids, really. I actually did, but it was too late, and I tried to do it on my own, and, didn't, and it didn't work. I, I, but then I met Robbie, and I gave birth and, to a husband. And now, and now you have a special relationship. But she also calls me nine-year-old Robbie sometimes. Ten-year-old Robbie. Ten -year -old Robbie. Robbie. He's my ten-year-old kid. So there you go. I'm, I'm no, back. I actually did. I got, two, I got a twofer. I got a husband and a ten-year-old kid. So, okay. I, he, <laughs> and they got 10-year-old ten 10-year-old kids too. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's how that works. It really took me a long time to realize. I, I know this, it's embarrassing to say, but it took me a while to figure out that I was not going to change his mind. Yeah. Um, yes. Was that a difficult realization? As a therapist, you know, this is what people come to me for. And, and I thought I had compelling reasons that anybody would understand. And it was really... Uh, it was really arrogant of me to think that. Uh, and in the years since then, of course, I've met most of Rick's colleagues, and I've had some very interesting experiences in terms of how core values are expressed, which I'd, I'd like to, to tell our, our audience about. The biggest one is that both Rick and I went through cancer, and he once at 37, I had a twofer. Uh, I had breast cancer and then I had leukemia both of which were curable, fortunately. But Wonderful. it was interesting who showed up and who didn't. Mm -hmm. My dearest friend, who agreed with me politically and psychologically and was also an analyst, never came to the hospital. I was in the hospital for a month. Mm. But my next door neighbor, who was a devout Catholic, pro-life, et cetera, et cetera, at one, one day said, 
would you like me to do your laundry? Oh, Let geez. me come over and pick up all your clothes and tell me what kind of detergent you want, and I'll come back and give you everything back. That's lovely. But that matters. That's called showing up. Did you talk with your f friend that you were uh, close with that didn't show up afterwards? Well, and... that relationship ended partially because she didn't show up. I mean, we had a long history, uh, you know, of my doing things for her and many things she did for me. But that was unforgivable to me. I see. And it also showed me, and many of Rick's colleagues were were wonderful, not only then when we were an extremist, but they have been so supportive and excited about this book, really. Yeah. Well, In a way, more than, than my liberal friends, because many of them have relationships with people who don't agree with them, mm -hmm. and they want to see how to work it out. They let me advertise on National Review for subjects, and they've just been marvelous. Does that and, surprise you? Uh, no, the right has stepped up. <laughs> right. I, Come on, liberals. I expect that. You know, I think that this is, I think, a very fundamental thing is that good people should be good people. It doesn't, you know, right. regardless of the aisle you are on or what path you choose. We don't think of that. That's the problem. Most people demonize the other side, whichever is the other side. I mean, one woman I uh, interviewed met a guy. He happened to, to vote for Trump in California, which is already against the law, you know. <laughs> and he was like, he sounded like a terrific guy. And he really wanted to work it out. And she said to him on their second date, you voted for that monster. I left him. <laughs> well, I that said, was well, a... This is really smart. She was 40 years old. She'd had a lot of lousy relationships with people she agreed with. This guy really was crazy about her. And this is what she did. And I'm glad I didn't do that. I am too. Yeah, but so that, was, that was pre-Trump. You know, we no, got... He, well, no, she left because... Oh, no, I thought Jeannie was oh, talking no, about her experience. Well, but there, there's always been animosity. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're focused on the animosity that's right in front of our face. But, you know, if you cast your mind back, there were uh, there were people who really hated Obama, people who really hated W, people who right. really hated Clinton, people right. who really hated Reagan. I mean, you know, Absolutely. it goes back all through our lives. Right. Okay, so it's gotten it's gotten worse. It's, it's gotten, got, it, it, it has gotten worse. But, I mean, you, you make such a great point about core values. Okay, so I'm jumping ahead here because I do have a question about friends and family and what happens sure. if you have friends and family that are Trump voters. Okay, so I do. We both do. But I have a dear close They live cousin. amongst us. Okay. So and I, we find I this have, out at the weirdest times. But I have a cousin who's like a sister to me who could not be more who could not show up in in what you're saying in those terms she is like she is just salt of the earth i love her and she's great and she's there for me and for robbie but she and her family and the rest of my and my, those cousins voted for trump and we don't talk about it Good we don't you. talk about it ever 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 it's one did thing get, you can't talk about you know, yeah. you, could, you could talk to your friends about it. You could talk to people who agree with you. Yeah, That's, no, we I'm, don't. We don't. I mean, there was some stuff that happened during the election on Facebook with some of her kids, and it got kind of ugly. And, I, I, and I knew immediately, uh-uh, this is just off limits. This just has to be because she's going to— Good for you, Trevor. I love Very her. Good because people I love don't her, know. and I need her, and we, we need each other, and it's not—it just— it wasn't worth it, you know. So that was a time where I went, okay, that, uh, politics aside, there are people that we play tennis with, that we are friends with, that we love dearly. We don't dig their politics at all. And here's the core value thing for me that, that, I, that Trump just violates. I feel like where did our moral decency go? Where did the, all that, the thing, the stuff that makes this society, the, that keeps the moral fiber of this society together, and they're, you know, the people that, that, that are friends that, that can't, I just don't understand how they can turn the other cheek. I don't get it. Well, the fact is that there are Trump supporters who are morally decent people. They voted for him for reasons that you and I can't understand. Uh, I know quite a few of them, and they've been good friends to me. So we can't simply say that. You know, there are people who voted exactly the same way that I did that I wouldn't trust. And I'll, I'll tell you a story about somebody else I interviewed. 
uh, this is a young woman. She was uh, maybe 35 when this happened, and I was very close to her father. He was my swim coach. And when he died, he died very, a really terrible death. He had five brothers and sisters, all of whom were progressives. This is upstate New York, so that's <laughs> that's progressive land. And guess who? He had one brother who had become an evangelical and moved to the South and joined the military. Guess who was the only person who came to help her? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she had had big fights with him on Facebook. Um, and when this happened, she did something that I've never heard anybody else do. She apologized to him. She said to him when they were cleaning out the house, you know, I misjudged you. I really did. I'm sorry. Um, You are my true uncle. And forgive me. Mm -hmm. But most people don't do that. She saw what was important. Yes. And I often, I try to, okay, so getting out of the echo chamber, I try to put myself in their shoes. I try very hard to listen to the other side. I mean, we listen to Fox News, and we try to get both perspectives. You don't I let me get, let, You don't let me watch Fox yes, News. Yes, I do. I, I do. I, I do. I, I say a story about Fox News. You'll, you'll walk in on me watching it because I do like knowing what they're no, saying. No, I don't mind them. But, it's it's him I don't like listening to. But he's to. all over the, okay, so. Okay, so anyway, the point I'm making is that, yes. They are good people. I'm sure they call themselves good Christians, and because they are voting for their values, they're voting for someone that that promises to put conservative judges on the Supreme Court and overturn Roe v. Wade and do it's all the things, do all those well. things that good Christians believe in. What ignoring all the other things. The that Christians disconnect believe. for me is how do you turn the other cheek? I mean, I don't. Would Jesus really mock women like that or cheat or lie consistently? compulsively this is where i kind of go off the rails a little bit nobody loves the bible more than i do okay, okay very good so anyway <laughs> back to you and rick so well, uh, yes well, what i'm saying is something radical which is there are things that you're not going to agree on and you're not going to talk about where you're going to find some way to talk about which leaves your your separate positions intact and you can do this um the thing that i think is the most dangerous thing in mixed political relationships, whether it's with friends or with family or with your husband or wife, is to try to change the other person's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't work. Immovable no, objects not. are not good in marriages or relationships. It's um, a disaster. And almost all the people I interviewed did something. I, I gave it a name. You'll recognize it. I call it article thrusting. You know what that is? No. <laughs> At um, the breakfast table, you take an article from your point of view and you stick what? it in the face of oh. the person who disagrees with you and you say, read this. Yeah, that's never. And that always changes their mind, oh, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, right. I don't, does it? Mm-hmm. Well, it makes them hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so you can't change people, but can you, no. can you make them? I think all you can do is try to make a valid point in a constructive manner that doesn't make the other person feel like you're calling them an idiot or they're yes, ignorant but that robbie to do or that deplorable. it's artistic yes. you ha- it does take some psychological abilities to it's all psychological maneuver to accept that you're not going to change them then you can have a conversation okay so only then as long as you think you can change the person, it's going to come through and they're going to resist. Okay, so we are going to go to our second break right now, but we're going to come okay. back and just continue this because I've got lots to add. So we'll be right back with more from Jeannie Safer and Rick Brookheiser right after this. And we are back. So further to what we were just discussing, my issue is when I am talking to somebody who is on the other side of the aisle politically, male or female, I can engage, I can see their point of view as a conservative, as somebody that doesn't see things as I see, where they lose credibility with me is when they are turning a blind eye and ear to everything that Trump does because they're lockstep behind him in everything he does. You you gain credibility with me if you, are, you maintain your conservative values, but you can separate yourself from the man that is in the Oval Office. And you can hate him, but you're still gonna vote conservative. And I can respect that more than somebody that just is lockstep behind him 100%, like the GOP has been showing of late. 
Thank the you. problem Scott. is that some people who support Trump completely, which I can't conceive of, have their reasons. The things, some of the things he's doing, they feel are the most important things in the world. They think that having conservative judges on the court matters the most in the world. And it's anathema to me, but they have that opinion and I'm not gonna change it. What I'm gonna do is find other things if they're, if they're good people, if they're loving people, if they're interesting people, other things. I leave politics out. This is a radical position. It's the only thing that I found that works. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if that is their opinion that they, they're going to get me Supreme Court justices, conservative justices. They're gonna do things. They're gonna try to overturn Roe v. Wade. Whatever that is, I'm good with that. But are you really good with the behavior of this person? on a day-to-day -day basis. I think it doesn't matter, don't you, Rick? I mean, that's what, that's what these people think. They put it aside. They put it aside. Well, well, look, so, some people put it aside. Some people are attracted precisely because of the behavior. Yes. Right, that's, they that's think that- That's a whole different thing. Some that, of Rick's colleagues, in fact. Um, that's, uh, that's more of a reflection on them and, and their nature. You know that that makes it a different thing. Mm -hmm. Trump gets things done. That's what one of the people well, said. Well, no, okay, fine. But but I'm talking about say the bullying, right. uh, the reckless statements. Mm -hmm. There are some people who like Trump because, because they like that. the bullying, right? Precisely because, and precisely because they like the reckless statements. Right. But this wouldn't be people that, who necessarily well, like to be around. Well, okay, all right. That makes it a different. A different but path. I think that don't you have more credibility when you can separate yourself and say, I I like the fact that he's getting Supreme Court justices, and uh, I think he gets things done, even though I think he gets things undone more than that. But I th some people drank the Kool Aid, and some of the people right. who drank the Kool Aid aren't bums. Yeah, really. I, I, I had one couple, a gay couple. One of the guys really liked Trump. He said, you know, we don't understand. He really knows what he's doing. And, also, and the oh other guy God. couldn't stand Trump, but he liked his policies. And I, you know, I like they both these guys. Yeah, I, and they fought over that. I don't like his policies, but I understand why people do. What I don't get is why can't this guy just do his job without being an asshole? He because can't he's an not, He can't not Why? be an asshole at every turn. Because if, if you he and I... If you, that's what he is. Okay, wait a second. If that you is or I... That is what excites people about him. He's a he's a, a new force in the world. I mean, look, it, to me, this is a monstrosity. I, I'm counting the days. Yes, we all over. are. Yes. But um, in terms of, of getting along with people, of getting along with your Trump or friends or, or relatives, you know, one of the things I advocate, I know this is very much out of style, is self-control. I really do. When I talk to people who love Trump or love his policies or both, mm -hmm. I don't talk about my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I talk about something else. And even when people ask me, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. I talk to the people who agree with me. I contribute wherever I want. But this is just not going to work. Well, you know, you can't get far when you are expressing your thoughts, especially as a journalist. That's right. You're, That's right. You need to be as neutral or, you know, hold back as much as you lately. You can't let people know what your feelings are. Well, one of the places that I learned about this is one of the things that Rick and I used to do is we were asked to go on many cruises run by National Review. Okay. So I was pretty much the only liberal on a boat full of people. <laughs> Trapped on a boat. Trapped on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so here's oh. what I did. I never went. I went to the parties. I was a hostess with the hostess at the dinners, um, but I never went to any of the political sessions. I brought books to read and books to write, and that's what I did. And I, I was charming, and I said exactly what I, you know, where I stood. But I didn't get into it with anybody. Mm -hmm. Smart. Smart. I learned. Smart. Very smart. I just went to a. Uh, I belong to a Facebook group called TREVA. Okay, Stan, and it, there are apparently uh, there are a lot of Trevas in around. Most the world. of them are pronounced Treva. There's too. like almost really? five hundred. Most are pronounced Treva, but there's about five hundred, almost five hundred of us, and they they're adorable. They go they go to these Treva Treva cons every year in a different city. So I went to my first one. I went to I my love first. It. it was great. I went to my first one, and a lot of the Treva Trevas are probably from red states. 
and it was all nationalities. It's yeah, a beautiful and it was, gathering. Great women and no, politics had not come politics up, just at least can't. It in can't. my circle when I was with them. Yeah, you got to be real careful. And it was actually very liberating. And it was very delightful not to, even though, even though yes. I know, you know where who, they are. Yes, you know. But it was, it was, it was interesting. Was and a, so yes, you can, you can have friends on the other side. It does require some understanding, restraint, and restraint. And which brings yes. me to so dating, dating, dating in the age of of, uh, of yeah, Trump. This is, we just managed to get married right before this all happened. So, but to be single right now, to be on dating apps, I know that people right up front say, if you're a Trump voter, swipe left. I don't know. Thank you. You know, Move you might on. be missing the love of your life. That's very true. Your net that you're throwing out there, you may be missing that great catch. I mean, because if I that. if I had done that, if if there were that sort of dating apps when Rick and I met. I probably wouldn't have thought ever to 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 tolerate a conservative, but there weren't. Yeah. No. So therefore, I managed to marry somebody with whom I had everything in common except politics. I think that's a beautiful thing, and it's obviously important to both of your lives too. It's it's a very well, yes, important. Yes, I mean thing. we're both writers. We we read everything we each write, and Rick's also a wonderful editor, and he's he's totally supportive of my career, and. Um, and I'm sure you have great intellectual discussions on a multitude of political subjects that you're both on different sides of. And, oh, yes. And, and I've learned a tremendous amount from him about the other side. Okay, so this is so important because we're talking about being able to respect somebody who doesn't see things the way you see them Essential, and to yes. carry on a conversation which can lead to a relationship and you can be bigger than your differences. And this is where some people throw in the towel quickly because I can't be with this person for all these reasons. You are- It's a shame. It's a shame. I agree. So what are we to do about this? How do we try to find that person that is as intellectually responsible so they don't denigrate the other person for their views? We have to look at our own prejudices. We have to think about what really counts for us. And we have to listen to the other person in addition to politics, because politics is not our entire personality. It's taken the place of religion, really, now yes. in the world. And parents, I, I just got some awful statistics, that parents would, would rather their child marry somebody of a different religion or race, which not, isn't a bad thing, wow. than, than a different politics. Yes, that's where it's come down to. I have to agree. Uh, and, oh, my God, we have a Republican in the family. Oh, my God, we have a Democrat in the family. How yeah. could you vote for such a person? This is really offensive and stupid. You know, most of life is not about politics. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that politics isn't important. And, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm counting the days till we get rid of the current resident in the White House. But well, it's, it's not your whole life. It's, how, how, okay. A lot of people would say politics is not first date material. I don't see how it can't, how it cannot be. It's just, it's, it's so much a part of who you are and what and what you represent. But how do you get past that initial, okay, I'll, I'll give this, this guy a chance. All right, I don't really like his politics, like. but okay. Like. Let me give you a good example. Uh, I, I got a lot of mail about this when Trump was first elected because Rick and I had written about it a great deal. And um, I got a, a, an email from a guy. He said, I just met a woman. I really adore her. She's wonderful. I'm a Trump supporter. She doesn't like Trump. And we, you know, it was okay. We were avoiding politics. But then I parked my car in front of her car last week. And she happened to see that I had a decal on my back window of, of Trump urinating on Hillary. Okay. Oh, <laughs> this is when he writes to be a stranger. Whoa, and Nelly! She, oh. she was outraged at this at this thing, and she told me she wanted me to take it off. What should I do? I wouldn't care, he said, if she had one of Hillary urinating on Trump. And I looked at this and thought, goodness, I feel like Solomon here. So I said, take it off, civility rules. Right yes, on. take it off. That's a And he took it off, Good. and she wrote to me saying, Thank you, and look what a wonderful man I met because he'd put my feelings first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you know, 
that it takes an ugly turn when it goes into the what about isms uh, of that. And I, I yeah, find our side is just as bad. It can be just uh, of as course. bad. I, no, I assure take you. Take the decal off the bumper sticker and put it inside the glove compartment. You know, <laughs> so that if you want to look to it, yeah, that you just. Really found out that people on the right and left do the same obnoxious yes. things, exactly the same. We are equal opportunity idiots. We live in we live in Los Angeles, and it is a blue state. Yes, uh, what about people that walk around with MAGA hats? Let them walk. Exactly, let them walk. What are you but gonna do? I, I mean, I know some people with MAGA hats whom I actually like. I mean, I don't like the MAGA hat thing. I no. wouldn't like if it was a another kind of hat. Mm. But um, I do have a few things to recommend on how to turn a political fight into a political discussion. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, Please it, share. It would be helpful to our listeners. I, can we hold that thought until the next Absolutely. break? Because we are going to go to a break sure. and come right back. We'll be right back. And we are back. So, Jeannie, continue. Yes. These are the eight commandments. We don't have ten. We have eight of how to turn a political fight into a rational discussion. Number one. Don't raise your voice. Yes. Your partner will assume you're shouting, and rational discussion and dialogue will end. Period. The end. Okay. Two. Don't raise your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Louder is not writer. Drink and talk about politics. You have no idea how many people do this. If you drink and talk about politics, you will start to shout. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough to be rational when you're stone cold sober. Don't be an idiot. How do you not drink and... Okay. I'm sorry. We haven't gotten there yet, but okay. Politics is making me drink more. We are getting thirsty right now. I know. Absolutely. But don't do it before you have a political discussion with an opponent. Afterwards. Okay. Three. Remember I said no article thrusting? I mean it. The worst thing. I had all these couples... Uh, One was right wing, one was left wing. They were sticking articles in each other's faces every hour. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I said to many of them, you really have to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. It's offensive. It doesn't work. If you have something to say, say it yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very important. And here's another one. If you can't talk about a hot button issue, guess what? Don't talk about it. Very good. You got it. But how do you know, is it too late when you bring it up and then you realize you shouldn't be talking about it? And then then you say, you know what? Let's not talk about it. I should be talking about this. You can stop. You have to stop, right. Yes. Don't start any conversation. And this is something I used to do with, how can you possibly think such and such? Because that's an indictment. That's not a conversation opener. You're putting them on the defensive immediately. Hmm. Another one, avoid and trouble. You mentioned this before. Avoid social media like the plague. Do not read the posts of somebody that you know disagrees. It'll only enrage you. Uh, people are uninhibited online. Right. And it's very difficult to fix. Do not unfriend. It's Ugh. a disaster. My wife is very guilty in this latest post. And the title of the post was Attention Trump Supporters. Yes. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh, that's a major thing right there that, you know, you're you're going to get flamed for that in a big way. And it got ugly. And you're not going to change anybody's Never. mind. Now, that... here's one that people don't realize, and I think it's very, very important. It is your moral obligation to defend your mate from people who agree yes. with you and who attack that person. Yes, I do have an obligation when it gets ugly to get in there and protect my mate. Thank you. There is no question. This happened to, to Rick and me many Jeannie years ago. Jeannie stuck up for me. Years ago, it was a, a, a brunch with uh, psychoanalysts, colleagues of hers. And there was one guy, I don't think he was really being hostile. I think it was jocular. I do. Huh? Well, <laughs> it was, but he thought he was being jocular. And he says, what's it like to be a Nazi? A crypto-Nazi. Uh, and, and Jeannie cut him a new one. I mean, she just, uh, she just did. I said that's a serious thing to accuse somebody of. And I want you to apologize to my husband, who's a moral man yeah. and is not a Nazi and would, would, would deploys everything that they stand for. And the guy looked at me kind of surprised because this is how people talk, mm-hmm. you know. And now I've got one more point, and this is the hardest one and the most important. You have to accept that you cannot change the other person's mind. This is the basis 
for having an actual conversation. Because once you stop doing that, you can't change another person's mind any more than you can make somebody love you who doesn't. You know, there's this, I, I hate, there's an interesting uh, similar analogy here. And in, in if you've had experience dealing with Alzheimer's patients, which I've had with, with my mom, in that we realized early on after we did go to some Alzheimer's meetings is that you can't change them. You can only change the way you deal with them. Precisely. And so I think it applies Precisely. here as well. Yes. And also realize, you know, people don't have Alzheimer's just because they think Trump is a good guy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, it's too convenient. But what's important is that once you stop trying to change somebody, and I, and I can speak from personal experience, it opens up the world for you. You know, and also, actually, as a therapist, I, I can change people only when I stop trying to change them. <laughs> right. Yeah. When they start changing themselves. That's right. People do change. People do change their minds, but they change their own minds. And they you do don't it, change they, them. They do it at their own speed. Yeah, I, and they, even, they may even make use of, of something that you have said, but they're going to make use of it at their own tempo and in their own way and not on your schedule. But Rick... Why does he have to be an asshole at every turn? Why is what is you know, what, I, what is up with that? I, oh, you know I, the old. We were in a room with him once. This was like what twenty five years ago. It was a party in New York for George Magazine. Remember JFK right. Jr. Mm -hmm. had this magazine, mm -hmm. and uh, I'd written a couple articles for them, so we got invited to this party. And so uh, uh, JFK Jr. he'd invited three face card guests for his party. And they were Larry Flint, Al Sharpton, and Donald Trump. Great. And I said to Gene, the dynamic trio. I said to Gene, we're among the damned. <laughs> yeah, I see but, that. But, you know, if you really think about this, about accepting that you can't change somebody, it changes everything. It does change it's everything. Then you can talk. It just, and it softens you. Yes. It softens you. I like that it does. It takes away the hard edge when you have mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. compassion. I say it all the time, compassion and empathy. So you're starting when that right now, honey? I, you said I, that today? Yeah, no, it's, it's, I try. I, oh, listen, really? I'm not going to apologize for my outrage, okay? Wrong. I'm not. This is how I feel. I feel, and by the way, for you the record. You don't have to announce it to the world. But for the record, I'd feel the same way if it was a Democrat in the Oval Office saying the same shit that he does. Okay? That wouldn't happen, but, but okay. But it could. And we, and just because he's, you know, our, oh, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. No, it doesn't work that well, way. I couldn't stand a lot of things that Clinton did. Yes. Uh, right. I mean, it doesn't about, excuse you know, someone just because they're in your, your, they're your party, you know? Yeah. I mean, th this is the point. It's I find his behavior abhorrent. I just do. I don't care what party. I don't care what side of the aisle you, you're you on. You have every right to think that. It's just when you're talking to somebody who who believes in him for whatever reason, you leave that part of it out because you are only going to offend and make the person more defensive, and you're not going to get anywhere. You will not get anywhere. And you'll actually antagonize the relationship to a point where you're not going to yes. want to hang with them. And you can lose whether one... You I had several people who lost 50 and 60 year long relationships yep. because of this stuff. I lost a life of a friend of the family, Andrew. That's Ross. terrible. Okay. Uh, yeah, bad. It's really bad. He's, he's, and I mean, this is where it's all incumbent upon us to take a breath. I, and I, I, I'm guilty. Take a breath and be compassionate. And open-minded and understanding, and I and There's I'm no glad that of anything. There's you no should proof reach out to this anything. person. I have, I I have. Okay. I mean, maybe I'll try again, but I think it's we all have to also demonstrate some civility, okay? Civility, or otherwise, word. otherwise we go low. Okay. So, okay, but, but here's the it, here's the it, problem with this, honey, and it's it's civility. Everybody under him can practice civility, but when he himself just has no ability to be civil and shows it and has no filter and, and there's nobody around him that's saying, you know, you shouldn't probably say yeah, that yeah. even yeah, if you yeah, feel yeah, it. Yeah. I agree with you, but we're not talking about how we talk to Trump. Right. We're talking about how we talk to people who 
approve of Trump or who are neutral to Trump or things like that. Trump himself is a whole other matter. I have no idea how I would react if I had to be in the same room with him. But I think the problem is that he's setting an example that if all of us under him can be civil, which is really difficult when he is the mouthpiece of Well, he's just saying it's like it's sanctioned. It's sanctioned asshole, assholery. Yes. But anyway, but let's not talk about well, him, we have okay? To actually, we have, let's it's, not, it's, we're, it's, we're We have to wrap it up. No. I'm sorry. I refuse to wrap it up. We have to wrap it up. I refuse. It's really, we, I wanted to ask so many questions. You're not going to have the ability to right Why now. not? <laughs> ask your most important question. Well, I had questions about James Carville, Mary Matlin. Yeah. I, had, I had questions about how do you stay sexually attracted to, if we have a friend. I'm Opposites just, attract. Okay. Do they really? Do opposites really attract? Because we have a friend. That show us make strange politics. We yes. we fixed up someone with someone, and when he got you know wind of her politics, it's like he lost his you know what. Okay. That was a sound effect. Did you hear that? That was a sound effect. That was a squeaky chair. <laughs> what is everybody saying? How about the people that just privately and quietly? What do they say to you that are that are in that are you know in Congress and. The, the, the people that you don't hear from, maybe those people. I'm really curious. What are they I know, all? Well, look, I know a spectrum of people, uh, you know, in terms of their opinions of Trump. These are conservative people. And uh, they range from, you know, very out there never Trumpers to, to people who have, um, you know, made a calculation that he's better than the other side to people who are supporters. Um, you know, and it's it's uh, it's made me feel uh, lonelier in some respects. I mean, some of yeah. these people, some of these people are people who've been my friends for over forty years. I mean, my friends and also political uh, colleagues and, mm-hmm. and allies. And um, it's getting lonelier to be a, a conscientious conservative. Well, I can imagine. You know, you have to navigate it in ways related to what we've just been talking about. Do you find I mean, obviously you can't avoid it because if you're, you know, if you're colleagues of me, then you're in this wor- the world of politics and that's what you talk about and that's what you do. But so it's trickier. But uh, do you think there there's a, are, is, I'm sorry. Do you think there's still a silent never Trumper ma- minority in amongst conservatives? Oh, there, yeah, there's a minority. Um, I mean, you know, I look at someone like Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right. I don't think he, you know, I, I don't know what he thinks of Trump. I, I, I would not be surprised to learn that he doesn't love Donald Trump. He's doing his own thing. I think everybody doesn't love Donald Trump. I think that, that he's delivered them to the promised land for them where they had no other prospect that could do what he's done. Well, that, that no, that is part of it. And, and people say, oh, he won, he won, he won. Well, all right. Uh, will he win again? You know, who knows? And also, what have we won? Right. You know, we like uh, a lot of my colleagues. What have we lost? Like like certain things he's done, or even many things. But but even they dislike other things. Um, for instance, North Korea. Right. To, yeah. to just take one glaring example, uh, he said uh, he said the other day that uh, Kim Jong Un, you know, looked healthy. <laughs> you know, and he he, he right. presides over a country that's starving yes. because of him. You know, he, he starves his own subjects. And how, how dare anyone say that this, this, this fat little monster looks healthy? Uh, but yeah. that's our guy. Oh, here's my other fear, is that all of the smart guys are going to quit. They're going to resign. And then Which we're going to be, and then we're, uh, we are effed. There's no Trump because, whisperer because anymore. Because the, the inmates are going to be running the asylum. Well, some of the inmates, though, I mean, it's complicated. You You've had people like, you know, Mattis quit and uh, and um, and Kelly quit and Coates oh, yeah. is up. But also, uh, you know, Bannon was one of the first to leave. Now he's not he's not stupid, but he's he's half cocked. Yes, he is. And uh, people like Omarosa. I mean, she was yeah, out of Cohen. there very early, yeah. and then she she turned around and attacked Trump. And you know, so some of the two headed calves. He was, he was also, running out of African Americans that he knew that he could hire. Three headed calves have also. Uh, you know, fallen by the wayside. So it's been a, it's been a mixed bag. And there yeah. are always, you know, look, there are always people who want to serve. And it's because of right. ambition, obviously. And it's also because of, you know, wanting to accomplish something. Both. 
Uh, the proportions var vary from person to person, but uh, but there it is. So so I don't think we'll we'll ever be in a situation where there'll be you know just Trump and Ivanka all by themselves. I don't know. He wants her to be. He wants her to be. They deserve each other. Is there any truth to the rumor that he wants to replace Pence with Ivanka as a running mate? I don't know. It's wonderful. I, I don't. Oh, heaven that. help us! Oh, he probably yeah, probably wants to, but he he, he knows he couldn't. I saw oh, something funny today. What said, an idea! What's that? What an idea! What a, yeah, a horrible idea. But uh, no, I saw something funny that uh, Lindsey Graham is the closest thing Trump's ever had to having a dog. So that's what. Well, also, also uh, Trump and Ivanka—they're from the same state, right? So they couldn't be running mates. Is that wow. oh, because it wouldn't appeal to other? Uh, no, it's a constitutional objection. The president and the vice president may not be from oh, the same state. Thank God. For oh, that. Rick, you're so naive. You learned something, Rick. That's so naive of you to think that a, a constitutional objection would actually hold water in this day and age. No, no, no. What they do is, is someone would move. That's what they do. <laughs> right. Well, he's he's going to be registered in Florida, so uh, so. Okay, well, I have Cheney, one more question. That's what Cheney did. He, he oh, okay. resumed his Wyoming residency so he could right. be his running. I think that's what uh, Don Jr. is going to do, because i That's who I want. He's he's yeah, he wanna... wants to run. I think he's. I'm not kidding. I read that. Okay. Oh, final, yeah. Final question. Okay. What are the odds of George Conway and Kellyanne getting divorced oh, at some point? I, no, what do you think? This is really an acting out duo, isn't it? They're, they he's really are. Enraged. He's in, but you got to love what he's saying, and he's not no holds barred. What is their well, pillow that's, talk that's like? That's right, but you yeah. know, look at what he's doing to his marriage. Uh, this is it. Can't this be is good. Out of control. It acting is. Out stuff. But I I can't imagine that Kellyanne actually believes what she says. I think that oh, she's, I'm sure she does. I and still goes home to George. Did you I, think no, I don't. I, I I tend to agree with you. I mean, she was a cruise a cruise supporter, and you know, I think she's she's a samurai. She's a towing the line. She's very good at what she does. But how can you kiss that? How can you love that? How can you want to have sex with that? That's a different question. That's what. Ask Stormy Daniel. <laughs> Oh God! Well, no, yeah. Ask the Stormster. <laughs> you, you see why I married him? I love it. Yeah, but I think we it's love great. Rick. But we approve. Jeannie and and Rick Brookheiser, thank you guys so much. This has just been a, a really rewarding hour. You got because... a perk when you got Rick. I didn't expect him to well, stay, but yeah, you see, Rick, that's thank you. Love is that was <laughs> wow. That's a get. Please tell us how can people find you, Jeannie. You can look at JeannieSaferPhD.com. I've got all of my appearances. My book is all are all around. It's got good advice. It's funny, um, and I hope it can. I can hope it it can help civility, and maybe save some relationships. That was my passionate goal. Mm-hmm. I hope so too. I really do. I and I'm going to read it, and I think everybody should read it. It's required reading for done being single. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both. Rick, thanks for uh, spending the time with us. We really appreciate that. This was an extra treat. And you can uh, find us at donebeingsingle.com. And we have oh, a. Oh, great. Yeah, please send me the link when yes. the show will. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you are, are able to tolerate my politics, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie525. <laughs> thanks but for having me. Thanks of for being here. Thank you guys. I'm so glad we made this happen. This and was great. We are done being single. And Congratulations. We, back next we week. are. Hope you are too. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>